0: why this particular device stands out amongst anything else and why it is so unique and then it's even just how to how to get refine that even further to where in one sentence it shares what this actually is and what it does versus you know 10 pages Welcome to
1: Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours.
0: Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center
1: stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey, there, peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super excited to have you with us here today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Dave. Dave, thank you so much for being here today.
0: I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Awesome. So give everybody the 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you love to do.
0: I'm like, can we go even higher than 5,000? You I can
1: go like, as high as you want, want, baby. I want to cover it all. <laughs>
0: Nice. I really, I've really divided myself into only two, two components right now, two main parts, which is huge for me because there was a time where I had had like 1,200 different <laughs> pieces of who I was. So uh, on the one side, there's Renaissance Messaging, which is it's a boutique marketing firm that I lead. I'm the CEO, the chief empowerment officer which is great. And really, I'm the chief gatekeeper. That's, those are the, the roles that I feel I'm most comfortable in. One is in empowering the team to succeed. And then the other is in making sure that it's the right people to invest the, the, re, the human resources in. Uh, and then on the other side, there is Davey Harris, which is my musical moniker, uh, a solo artist that plays many instruments and I was in a band for many years and, and since now have an opportunity to sing and perform and I have my second release coming out in just a month and I'll be releasing frequently and the thought and even how to merge these two universes is, is, is turning Davey Harris into a case study for Renaissance messaging. And um. uh, a way to kind of leverage the two worlds. So, I mean, I could talk about my past and some other things, uh, or what got me to this fun spot. Uh, but yeah, well, at, uh, yeah. yeah. I, If I cut, if I cut myself in half, there's like the marketing firm piece, and then there's the musician, the firm musician.
1: Awesome. Well, I do have a question. What kind of music do you play? Do yeah,
0: <laughs> I love? That. I love that question because I was just sending out this song for distribution yesterday. There was a little, and what I actually found out, I was using this platform, CD Baby. Mm-hmm. that uh, they were like, you need to have a certain quality for your song and your song doesn't meet radio quality. What I found out later is that my song was too high quality for their their format. And so we needed to go to the mastering engineer and like, can you make the song sound worse? So that it get <laughs> <a good> distribution. <laughs> but anyway, apparently they're, you know, for what I'm doing these purposes, it's a good distributor. So within that space, I needed to actually share what kind of genre of music mm-hmm. this was yep. for you know, for algorithms, no one, no one cares, but the, apparently the algorithms really care about me <laughs> Aww, they, that's so they sweet. want to take care of me. And, and so Aww. it's somewhere between indie rock, uh, folk rock, experimental rock. And so there, there is like psych rock, like psychedelia psych rock. Yep. Uh, what I like to call it is psyche rock. Ooh. Fun. It's it, it, intellectual cerebral. When I was, I was creating a bio for myself, mm that's what you do. Uh I I like I put in uh, a spin. I was like, you can lit you can hear whispers of subliminal messaging in the music. And nice. I was like, that's weird. Maybe that's true. But <laughs> the pond of marketing.
1: <laughs> and it's awesome. That's super fun. Well, uh, and I and the reason for my asking was I just You know, like to have a frame of reference to kind of know (laughs) where we're going, what we're dealing with. And it's all cool and awesome. So let's go back to the marketing for a second. And we will, of course, trail wherever the trail goes. But how did you get into the actual marketing of things?
0: Yeah, this is fun. And it actually ties into music just a little bit. So I, in college, had thought I had two options in my brain, in my brain, there were only two options. It was either I would become a sculptor because I sculpted clay, like that was my, like one of my flow state spaces and apparently I was pretty good, or music. And I composed my own piano music and I loved the drums. And So I actually was like, well, I'm definitely gonna get more girls and more money with music, music. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. that was my logical decision at the time. Was that true? You know, I don't know, uh, but anyway. <laughs> At the time, I was like, music, I'm going to be in a band. It's going to be great. And, and then I actually went in, in Binghamton University. I had spoken to a guidance counselor there to see about the music department. And then this one person like suggested this class or whatever else. And I started to take this. And I came back. And I'm like, what do you think? Should I be in a music major? And, and, and this person, he was like, no, you're not cut out to be a music major. You shouldn't do that, do that. And then I, and then I, I felt like rejected, oh and rejected and feeling like, what do I do with my life? Because I thought it was music and woe is me. And then I just like sat there and thought for a little bit. And, and then I was like, oh, well, in this, in this college that is not a liberal, liberal arts college at all, mm. I'll find the tiny little dinky creative writing department. And I'm like, I'll show the world. I'm going to write a memoir about being a rock star one day. And so like that was, I pursued creative writing for the sole reason to write a memoir of which one day I will do that. Uh, my senior thesis, I actually created a f- fictitious uh, type of a memoir about being a rock star. And, it, you know, the person, I got some nomination for a thesis, which, you know, I could pat myself on the, on the back here and feel good about that. Um, and yeah, so then from there, I didn't, I was a personal trainer. I did, and I actually did some coaching with individuals. That was always a little bit fun uh, and dabbled in entrepreneurship. And what was fun is that I never even realized I was doing marketing with my band at the time it was literally just through necessity. Like we had opportunities to work with, you know, from our perspective, like relatively famous, successful producers and whomever else. And everything had a price tag uh, alongside it. And so as a band, it was like, okay, we have no money. What are we gonna do? And so it was just like, it was like, we have to work with this person. Like there's no reality in which we don't. So we had done numerous Kickstarter campaigns. Like I did not know at the time that that was marketing. It was literally it, it was just like, I need this for survival. It was like survival marketing, you know. Uh so it was kind of nice to look back on that and be like, oh, okay, there's some breadcrumbs that I'm I've been following myself. And uh yeah, at the same time, I I, I was into personal development. Um, you know, ba- basically there was a time where I was a self-hating musician where I was like not really happy with the assets I had or the life I had. And And then, you know, you know, you're in the dark night of the soul. um, And then you start to read and absorb personal development. And through that, uh, you know, I I say that personal development is the gateway drug to entrepreneurship. And so then it became, oh, I could be my own person and whatever else. And so then I dabbled in different forms of entrepreneurship. And I had, I mean, it's pretty interesting. Some of the individuals that I connected to, I would, I mean, I worked with a NASA scientist on a, algorithm to prevent satellites from colliding. Like that was literally the first company that I owned in any which way or co-owned or whatever else. Uh, doesn't make any logical sense, but I know that it seems a little freaky right now. It doesn't, didn't make logical sense, but it was, it was more so just like a passion for I'm going to do this. And that was when I found out another lesson in marketing is that you can have a billion dollar product, but if you don't know how to sell it, if you don't know how to position it, it's worth nothing. You know, my, my joke within that is, always so it was like 15% of zero is still zero. <laughs> And, and uh, yeah, so as I've been moving along, I eventually found an opportunity to collaborate with this person, Yannick Silver, who had had many, many digital marketing products to his name and also just other like email marketing, whatever else. And, uh, you know, legendary in the space of marketing and also what had attracted me most to him and what he was doing was this company Evolved Enterprise, which is all about leaning in on business as a lever for good, a lever for impact, and that you can have fun and you you can also make a bunch of money. And so that seemed very exciting to little me. And from there, uh, you know, he became a mentor of mine in copywriting, which was nice. It was like, oh, I can actually use creative writing, those pieces in, uh, in a way that can make a difference. And uh, then I started to write for Yannick, work with him, all that good stuff. And then we collaborated on a course called Evolved Expression, which was ATV copywriting, uh, authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability, or as I call it, off-road writing a new form of uh, of expression. And so, and that was also like school for me in a way where I got to connect and interview over 60 different, like some of the world's best marketers uh, and kind of pick their brains. It also spoiled me after that experience where I I would never want to read a book again because I much preferred interviewing the author and like getting the cliff notes on the thing I really wanted from the start. Um, Yeah, and then from there, I started to write with this organization, Inflex. uh, And so I ended up writing between that and other pieces, like for over 100 different businesses, thought leaders, uh, and basically diving in. And I got my fix of personal development with each person or company I was writing for because I had to absorb myself in that universe. And it was, it's also fun to get paid to take, you know, high ticket courses like that, which, again, I'm just super fucking spoiled uh, in that regard where I can't like it's really hard for me to invest in a thing that people paid me to do in the past. Uh, but yeah. And so that kind of made me a nice little brainiac. And then over the past few years, I've cultivated a team of, in my opinion, some of the best marketers and marketing geniuses, uh, which is Renaissance messaging and the whole concept behind Renaissance messaging. And I'll share this with you because it's, it, it's, fun. Like this is a new little, uh, a new epiphany. Uh, zoom can't even handle it. It's so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So like, I, you know, I view myself as a Renaissance person. Like there's a thought, there's a stigma of being a jack of all trades and a master of none. You know, there's like books like the one thing and whatever uh, uh, essentialism is another one that's like saying the same thing in a different way. And mm-hmm. it's just this idea of like not wanting to spread yourself too thin, but instead have your point of focus, which is really just like that laser beam like versus a, a diluted light that be, it's not very bright, but if it's super concentrated, it can cut through anything. So that makes sense, and then you know, jack of all trades, master of none, is this idea of just wandering around being mediocre, right? And so that's a stigma versus being a Renaissance man or woman, where you're actually able to embrace all of the cool things, and it's like you, you know, your your curiosity is not your curiosity is not limited by one tiny little piece, and so uh, like Leonardo da Vinci has become a, a quite a hero of mine as I learned more about like, did you know that Re- Leonardo da Vinci like, apparently was the first person to start like, like uh, 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 improvisation in music. Like he'd have these improv dance music cards. He also created like, uh, as the zooms again gets funny here, uh, like this, this uh, a specific war weapon that was used. Like he, cr- he created like a, you know, he's like became like a, a, a fixture in the military while also creating the most beautiful art. And also like whining and dining, you know, the kings and queens and who knows whatever other antics we've heard. And then obviously the science. Biology. So like this idea of being a Renaissance person is just very exciting to me. And, and then it, it seems like within the team, like I've been attracting those type of individuals because, you know, within marketing, I like read one marketing book once where it was basically like, you know, you're a good copywriter if you like everything, if you're fascinated by everything, if you have many interests, because you need to be fascinated by a client in order to, to write on their behalf and to persuade on their behalf and to influence on their behalf. And so it's, it's almost like something I look for when bringing in the right people together. Um, and then it's like, our intention is to create a Renaissance, a rebirth, a resurgence in whatever client or company that we work with, which is really fun. And then it's just this idea of there's a marketing Renaissance right now. Like what, the dark ages of manipulation and whatever else, you know, are, are kind of long gone. And in a way like now authenticity uh, is what rings true. And like, I've noticed within this organization, like we aren't actually that good at polishing turds. And it like, it, it no. picks up the whole, <laughs> no, like, I mean, that's, that's like a fun exercise, but it's, it's way n- more nourishing when someone actually like is legitimate. And it's more like our job is about, you know, finding the right angle to shine the flashlight and take the picture to where it makes the whole room look a lot prettier. That because it was a pretty room to begin with, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, like my favorite types of clients. I I love the, the, the analogy of like, you know, it's like Airbnb and you're trying to like take pictures of the, you know, this apartment complex or, you know, a rental or whatever else. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you can tell when it's like a professional photographer and it looks really good. And you can tell when someone doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And so Mm -hmm. what, 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 what's nice is when like we get to look in the room and we're like, this is a beautiful apartment. Like this is so pres- like, it's, I, I love it. And, and the, but then we realized like what they were focused on was like the doorknob. That's <laughs> if you look at the, the, the marketing. It's like, Oh yeah, look at the doorknob, which has dust on it or something. and we're like, no, no, no. You want to look at this. This is the angle where the people actually, and that's what they want when they come in. And so that's, that's kind of like my analogy within marketing and, and the perfect types of clients are the ones that have, a goal mine and they just don't realize it. And we, you know, are kind of going in for them. Um, but yeah. And then within Renaissance messaging as well, and this, this is the newest epiphany is that we are a Renaissance company. And what I've, what I've noticed is like, we'll have different clients and they'll have different needs. And instead of just saying, Oh, this is what we are limited by. It becomes, Oh, you need this and this great. Let's make it happen. And it's like with, within the network, we end up have, and that's how kind of we expand, whether it's, working on a magazine or making videos or doing social media or finding a strategy for a long-term thing. Like, and what's happening is that ends up bringing in the, like, honestly, our clients are become our Renaissance people as well. And so like, you know, we're still kind of figuring out our own positioning because it's like, oh, you could do anything. Right. Which is, it's a little too broad. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it's almost like, as you, we're getting clearer on who we like to serve and who we are, uh, we tend to bring in those individuals. So that's kind of uh, the road, the marketing road that I I've been on as of late.
1: Nice. I love it. Well, thank God for all of us that you didn't go into acid rock during that <laughs> nasty deep <laughs> period as yes, you could have gone that way, but no, instead you blossomed and, you know, butterflied out and became a Renaissance man. So we're glad you did. <laughs> I, I, I
0: would say that it's like, it's, you're not, it's like you became one more so. Uh, I'm becoming one. That's like more and more every day.
1: Nice. Fair enough. Love that. And I love the analogy of the Airbnb and the photographer because so many people think that they don't have something of value there because the photographer came in and made it look shitty. And it's like, no, you're an awesome interior decorator. You're awesome. <laughs> something like, You just need the right people to bring that out and, and make it flourish. So uh, I'm loving that. Give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories of one of your clients. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate that. So I'd say one in particular, and you know, at, at, at this point, I just, for the sake of disclosure, whatever else I'm not going to name names, but I'll, I'll just kind of speak about something that was way too complicated Mm -hmm. to where it always went above anyone else's head. It was a particular device. Right. And, 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 and so like what had been fun is taking, taking this particular client through what we, we call the conversion compass process. It's like okay. the North star of your branding and marketing and messaging. And it's making the complex simple. And it's like through the, it's, it's almost like we need to inspect the whole room mm-hmm. before noticing, okay, this is actually different. Like we were even talking about this before about like how to make the client a category of one, like how to, how to find the blue ocean for that client versus mm-hmm. like the red ocean that they're swimming in. And so it was kind of like, we got to see a few different pieces before putting together why this particular device stands out amongst anything else and why it is so unique. And then it's even just how to how to get, refine that even further to where in one sentence, it shares what this actually is and what it does versus, you know, 10 pages to try <laughs> to, grasp, to grasp what it actually is. Um, which again is you know that and, and that's what we're, we do time and time again with all of our clients where it becomes how to how to continue to to chip away mm-hmm. at that message and with less words and less less mental uh, like energy being lost mm-hmm. in trying to figure it out and again it's just because I haven't spoken to these clients before so I don't want any name names right now.
1: No, no, that's totally um, cool yeah. because you're talking to almost every engineer I know. You're talking to every doctor. <laughs> you're talking to every everybody I know when when they're trying to explain things and it's kind of funny we're going through a rebranding right now and we're looking at the the logo and brad my partner is the tech so he's got the engineering background and and he's like and we need Venn diagrams and we need this and i'm like no <laughs> we need a brand we need something that you look at it and you go this is how i feel this is what i think you do am i right great that's it <laughs> we're not telling the whole story we're not giving away all again
0: this is actually really fun um and I, I, again, my partner, you know, God bless him, uh, the NASA scientist, I'm sure, you know, he's, if he watches this, he'd be happy. Like, I'm glad you're talking about stuff. Probably what he'd think? So, uh, you know, one of the things that we did was, well, that he did, I, I'm, not, I'm not taking credit for his genius, uh, was creating this algorithm and software that can detect model breakdown in financial risk models. Uh, and, you know, he, in a way he's kind of like a, a, a modern day Einstein uh, in his relationship with probability. And so like what he knows, no one else knows, like, you know, even within those very tiny circles. And so we have this thing and I'm the lay person doing my very best to understand it because it, it, it's kind of like the lay people in a way that could get this thing sold. You know, right? and so those are the people that end up making those decisions very quickly. Cause it's even like, you know, a, a, as you get further up the top, like people have less time to waste right, <laughs> on trying to figure out your oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> and, and so like, you know, to, to my credit, again, these are times I like to just pat myself on the back for like little things I did when I didn't know anything, you know, and mm-hmm. you could just look back and you're like, oh, that was nice. That was cute. What I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so like, you know, ending up having conversations with, you know, quote unquote, like, Higher up individuals in this food chain of making decisions. And we even would have like business meetings where it would be this one particular scientist and then this other individual who actually like, you know, and this was like a top bank, like had, had the ability to like, a yay or nay could mean everything. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I found that like this other person when asked very simple questions was given very complex over the head answers.
1: <laughs> and it was
0: like, I was, and, and, and even at that point I was like, we lost this. like like, we lost this deal that's not cool and 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 so like from that person's perspective which is this and i i've i've written it's funny there there was an individual that i wrote for uh to to actually um persuade like engineers to uh to basically become coos right Mm -hmm. and and because it was like eq was the biggest thing lacking in the in the engineering world Mm -hmm. And and it was like, how do you communicate to someone with no EQ to like persuade them? And and then it became like um, the messages to the smartest person in the room, you know, like and so we're like talking like to you, you know, you've been the smartest person in the room, but you're so misunderstood. Like that's kind of the messaging in a way that seems to, you know, someone to to grasp this. So, uh, so this one particular scientist that I'm talking to, like, I felt like I was dumb if I was trying to simplify that message.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: because I didn't understand it. And what's really nice is at it, whether I've actually become smarter or not, I don't know, but I've definitely be gotten to a point where I think I'm smarter now. <laughs> what, what hey, hey. Does, what that does is, is, it, is it gives me confidence. You know, like I'm, I'm like, I don't think I've gotten any smarter in the past, t- you know, 10, 20 years, but I definitely think I've got, I think I'm smarter like now. And, and because of that, again, it gives me the confidence to actually question people on mm-hmm. their bullshit, and 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 so like if me today was going back in time to me back then, I would have been like, "Hey, this actually doesn't make sense." Like, <laughs> but it could, and let's get to the root of the simplicity because there's always like a, a core seed of like clarity in anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you can't if you can't find that in the beginning, then you you know you lose it. So uh, basically, with that whole entire project, with that risk model piece Uh, we never had a clear message in a way that could persuade and 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 impact the right people and it was out of ego if i'm being honest because it was supposed to be more complex than that and it's like it's so there's like that that feeling of like it has to be complicated like which you know so my recommendation if you're listening if you're even even remotely in that zone of like the the engineering technical person is like simplicity is always your friend. And there's an elegance to simplicity. There's an intelligence to simplicity. Uh, yeah, that's all.
1: That's awesome. Well, and it's so many things come to my mind because I had a teacher once that was super smart. And one of the comments he made was, "It's if I'm the smartest one in the room, I have to figure out, or I have to be able to figure out how to make you understand it. It's not up to you to understand what you don't understand. It's up to me to be able to articulate it so that you understand it. Otherwise, I'm not really the smartest one in the room. we got to go find somebody that's smart enough to be able to explain it to you. So when people start overcomplicating things, I'm like, do you really understand what you're talking about right now? <laughs> because you seem to be digging a hole right there. And yeah. and when it comes to marketing, it's like, well, and this may be a, 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 an older example, but it's like calling the Hubble tell telescope a camera or a telescope it's like that's what it is (laughs) okay it's a really complicated one it's a really expensive one but it's in essence it takes pictures okay like that's what it does so being able to like capture that and not have every engineer in the room go ah like really did you just say that
0: (laughs) yeah I think well I really I just think that um as I uh that the the tech technical individuals, the, the engineers, they may be the most sensitive people.
1: Right. <laughs> they definitely do not like well, and I I like I really like poking and Brad and teasing him about being an engineer. He's like I'm glad I humor you.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but yes, they are very sensitive. They're adorable. i mean you can make them cry, it's even more adorable. But and they usually do that when they get really sensitive about um not not sensitive, but uh, caring and compassionate about the project that they're doing and what it the change it makes in the world. That's when I find it comes out, and it's like, oh my god, that's adorable! That is so sweet.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I will say, and and it's you know like I I think that I have times where I am in that engineer's mode, like I kind of view myself more as a mad scientist. But, you, you need like, to
1: puff the hair a little bit, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I think one of these days. Uh, but I have found that like, you know, some of the smartest people and the most technical people are the ones that are most committed to the mission, whatever that is. And that is a beautiful thing. Like versus me who can be a a distracted squirrel. Uh, (laughs) I'm just going to share this because it's both a representation of this and it's Uh, my, my band, actually, my band that I was in the tins for 10 years. uh, For five of those years, there have been a documentary made about the tins. So we had a camera crew following us. For five years. And this is also some like so it's fun because people are like, Oh, were you if someone were to ever to ask not that anyone would. Were you ever
1: in a documentary? And be like,
0: Yes, <laughs> I was
1: <laughs> a five year documentary. Wow, that is a substantial amount of time to be followed by a camera. Yeah. You get a little paranoid going, I think somebody's following me. <laughs> I mean, it's it was just it's just
0: dumb because we were self-conscious. So like, there would be such juicy drama that we would do when the cameras were not there, and then the second that the cameras, they were like, "Oh, okay, let's pretend to be this other person that's <laughs> tough. and is like perfect." You know, it was so that was a f- kind of the poor filmmakers, and it has its own right. drama. And we'll so the film will you know, God willing, will never be released, uh, <laughs> and like is either boring or embarrassing, one of the two or both, or it's it's embarrassing how boring it is. I don't really know.
1: I, I don't know if they can make money off of things like what was it house or big brother or, and I've never watched one of them but like for the amount of conversation sure, yeah. they create yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess
0: anything can be edited to be controversial uh, which is again the wealth, the 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 beauty of marketing uh, so so I'm sharing this and this, video this, editing uh, this side, exactly so this, this you, you makes
1: somebody pause in that look way longer than they paused for <laughs> it's like <laughs>
0: all of a sudden you got them. Yeah, anybody can be mean, anybody can be thoughtful, anybody can be sweet and sentimental, just (laughs) depending on the angle and the music. And, and, uh, but but yeah, so give you know, taking us on this tangent for a second, Mm -hmm. because there was one interview in particular. And I'm like, so the only reason I would ever want this documentary to be released is because of this one moment. So we're, I'm being interviewed and I'm talking about something with the band. And then, you know, the, the, the filmmaker asked this other question, a thoughtful question. And, and like where I was situated, like I could see outside and I could see this beautiful oak tree outside. And on that oak tree, I could see a cute little squirrel climbing up the oak tree. And like, I literally with, I didn't, not thinking about this as the person is filming me and asking me this question. I literally go squirrel. <laughs> like I literally fucking did that. And then I paused and laughed and felt shame. Uh, I think that's who I am. So, so you have some like me. So it's also like there is a benefit to being one of those engineer focused technical people that is very much mission driven and lives, eats, breathes, sleeps the mission uh, and doesn't get distracted by squirrels.
1: Well, you know, that's what makes us creative. We start to understand that just because we're in a meeting being interviewed doesn't denounce the fact or deny the fact that there's a squirrel. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm like,
0: guys, you gotta do this. Really a squirrel? a squirrel. But I, I think it was just it was very close. It was very close. It was like it looked
1: like it was like it wasn't just your typical squirrel. <laughs> it was a, it was a dramatic squirrel. He was he was trying to get in on the action. <laughs> so it so it, it
0: is that gonna be the theme uh, or, or the title for this conversation? <laughs> Talking about squirrels and other
1: distractions. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Dave
0: Muttner. Yeah,
1: great. There you go. I think it's a good title popped into both of our heads so you know it must be the title yeah all right Uh, I, I love it and I think that's the way creatives work in that um like I have creative friends when we're having a conversation, almost nobody can keep up with us when we're on the same level, because there's like five different conversations happening at once. And it's like, oh yeah. And by the way, oh, and I'll finish that sentence. And all of that conversation was, <laughs> and it all comes back in and it looks more like a tapestry than just a linear conversation that most, what I call normal people have. Um, I just I, think I, that's why our brains work.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would, I'd love to address this for a second, because yeah. I, I I do think that you the way in which your life is uh, un- unfolding in this tapestry is really cool and it's uh, also parallel to, to my life. And it's kind of like, it's like in the middle of somebody painting this painting, uh, but there's maybe they're starting with this one detail. You know, you may look at that painting and be like, what the hell are you making, right? <laughs> and, 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 and then like that one person who had the ability to actually make the whole thing, this beautiful tapestry uh, almost gets discouraged and then just like stops. Aww. When in reality, like you could, uh, this is all, this is my interesting analogy of like, who's the person telling the painter that like, what the hell are you doing? That'd be like my dad.
1: <laughs> and your counselor. And yeah, my so count- or
0: whatever else. Uh, but what's, what's kind of cool is for whatever reason, still kind of following this beautifully meandering path and doing some random things. Like literally only now and in the past year have different individuals come up and kind of given like a thumbs up of like, wow, that's great what you're doing. And uh, which is kind of fun to realize that, like, oh, I've just been like wandering around, uh, getting disapproving glances from many people <laughs> in different ways. Uh, you know, yeah. little, uh, not 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 super known to the most people. And so, like, in the past year, as an example. Like, uh, I had led a, a songwriting retreat for entrepreneurs in this beautiful location in in Hawaii, and and uh, you know, it was a sold out, exclusive event. And individuals from that had shared that this was a defining moment in their lives. These were entrepreneurs who had never written songs before. Some of them had, some of them had musical backgrounds. some of them didn't, you know, the, one of the, the, the themes of this was like, don't let the music die inside. And it was called song of your life. And it was about finding that one message, you know, that no one else knows, that one lesson you've learned that no one else has learned. What is like the, the piece, the, the sparkle of your story, you know, worth sharing and turning it into a song. And, and so, within that experience, like people had loved it and more people are coming to me like, oh, I wanna do this, like, this is amazing. And th- this was kind of an idea fart <laughs> when it came out. Like, it was just like, maybe, right? And then, hey. totally, totally, but, but I've learned to embrace those as opposed to immediately uh, uh, pushing them aside. No, far.
1: we're changing the title of this show to embrace idea? your idea farts.
0: <laughs> okay, fine, yes. Uh, <laughs> idea for it to become a, 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 a masterpiece, uh, before you know it. Um, yeah. And, and, and so, so it's, it's kind of nice to like ride those, those pieces and as opposed to choking them and feel like I need a result now, but instead nurturing them and letting them go as you're as letting them flow, let's say, as you're in the, the different area. And so, uh, there is a, there is a beauty and elegance and, a uh, a wonder to, l- Letting that tapestry unveil itself to you, and trusting that it is a tapestry, right? While it's the process of 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 unfolding.
1: That's awesome. And does beg the question to me is how many ways do you work with your clients? Because that seems really left field and awesome. So I'm going, wow, what else you got?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've got. I mean, can we go further left field? You know, of course. It's uh, I guess it's still part of the field. So, So so okay. One of the things that I had done, and this is this is a fun little side note. So I said I was a personal trainer for many years, right? And it, it, the reason I was a personal trainer is just because I was like in a gym with fitness and I wanted an excuse to work out a lot. And because I felt that people are like, why are you working out so much? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And so <laughs> I'm like, but if I'm a personal trainer, people, it, it just- Don't ask I, that question I, anymore. That's <laughs> <I'm> an <obsession. laughs> just work. Uh, yeah. I mean, and you know, I, ideally I will get back to my obsessive- a uh, uh, fitness phase in life. Like, uh, cause I yeah. have like diverted from that. You know. <laughs> uh, but so, anyway, this, that was a phase. And then, you know, as I'm getting into personal development, I'm like fantasizing about becoming a coach and working with people one-on-one. And then I finally had opportunities and I realized I enjoyed much more the conversational strategic piece to mm-hmm. the training versus the actual do 12 more reps, you know? And then I also <laughs> noticed like, if someone was only coming to train, but they had the rest of their week on their own and didn't have any mindset shift or whatever else. You know, I'm like, why are you getting fatter while we're working out together? This doesn't make sense. What's been going on? You know, there's so a McDonald's I, right outside your uh, fitness yeah. center. I don't know if you knew they're that. There always, <laughs> there always is, and drive so so, through. So, so, so as you know, I, as I kind of left personal training, I, and into personal development, from personal training to personal development, uh, I, I created this thing which is just one-on-one work, uh, me and clients called Clarity Consulting. I found that I was clearing people through conversation and it was funny because I had a coach at the time and I love the story that he had worked with a thousand entrepreneurs and when I was telling him about clarity consulting and what I was doing, he was like, David, uh, that's amazing. Clarity consulting. You do know you're the least clear entrepreneur I've ever worked with. And, uh, and that was great. And, and but it, but he was like, yeah, but you're also like a mop and you're kind of dirty yourself and you're you'll, you're thirsty for clarity that you'll never receive yourself you need better uh, friends dude <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> just always just every every year you know you, you leave the friend <laughs> it, was, it was kind of a, a sweet type of empowerment of like, <laughs> you're your, a like that dirty mop but like you will clean the floor and <laughs> you know, uh and and it's like you will you will obsess over getting clarity for another person and you know and so it's like you look into yourself you see the void you, you know you're don't know where you're going, but you look outward, you can actually focus. And, and it was true. Like I'm really good at helping people to like, because I'm abs- like a cure. I, I say I'm perversely curious. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask different questions that most people would be bored. Most people would not find the things I ask questions about very interesting. And so I'll ask these questions. I'll be actually interested and obsessed, obsessive as we're going through in a very safe way to where someone is actually sharing something for the first time. Like even it could be a repressed memory or whatever else. And so anyway, did clarity consulting for a while working with people one-on-one on the side for no reason other than I was curious about that. And it was like, it's a means to make more money. Why not? And, uh, and then a friend of mine, uh, right before COVID who did muscle testing, uh, you know, k- kinesiology, whatever else, she, you know, I was we were catching up and I was mentioning the clarity consulting thing on the side. And she was like, no, no, it's not clarity consulting. I'm muscle tested it. It's visionary consulting. You work with people uh, with visionaries and you help them to, to, to sharpen their vision and to embody their vision and you yourself are a visionary. And that was very nice. I love hearing compliments and I thought about that and then just shifted to visionary consulting instead of clarity consulting, right? Again, it's my own made up. This is the, the wonders of marketing where you make stuff up, but it becomes real. The, you know, uh, the idea farts turned into beautiful uh, clouds that turn, <laughs> then, then create, uh, and then there's a little shower and then it's a rainbow. Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, from there, I started to work with honestly, super high powered, amazing entrepreneurs. Cause, and it, and it was almost like, through, this is a lesson in branding and knowing your avatar. And the second you shift that, like you will welcome in the cooler clients. And so I started to work with really awesome people. And so that gave me the confidence to do more stuff, you know, cause like leading a group or whatever else, that's, so uh, so I I like you know that which then led to this company Find Your Voice which is a public speaking company that's kind of we call it toastmasters for the 21st century where it mixes personal development thought leadership and public speaking all on once uh, because those were things of interest to me and to my partner Chris when we created this and a lot of it had to do with teaching people how to do facebook lives and how to talk in front of a camera uh, with comfort and confidence which then, and then once you have that confidence, then it becomes sharpening the actual message and whatever else. So uh, because through that, and through my one-on-one work with individuals of which I still do, I still have a, uh, a, a few clientele that um, I love and want to see them continue to grow. So it's like fun. Um, so uh, through that, right? Find Your Voice, we've had live experiences. And uh, you know, it's fun to, when you have those live experiences, people leave it and they're like, you've changed my life or this has changed my life or whatever else which is a very nourishing, nice thing that you can't get really, or at least I can't get anywhere else. And so it's, it's kind of like I got the bug that got, got the itch to do more of those. Uh, And so this past year, uh, because you're asking about different things and I'm just kind of sharing the origins of like the personal development group, group coaching, group experience side of things. (laughs) So doing that one event, was really awesome and kind of life-changing for me and for the other people facilitating and then also for the participants which then led to this song of your life retreat and also uh which I'm doing again this year because I'm just like it's a good thing why not keep it going uh did an event in December called uh the Miami Magic Mind Mm -hmm. and it was year-end renewal for magical people so that was fun it was like clearing the past doing some spell casting and fun things and then and then planting the seeds for the future, and so that's a thing now. It's like doing this magic mind. Um, yeah, so I think those are some other interesting things. Is the the company find your voice, the one-on-one visionary consulting stuff, uh, doing song of your life retreats, magic mind piece. Um, another thing. Thanks, you know, we're, this is tap the tapestry of idea farts just <laughs> letting itself out. Uh, thanks, I love the space to you know um, to talk about awesome. yourself. It's great. Uh, So one one other thing Mm -hmm. is, is through songwriting, right? What I found since being a songwriter for so long, like I was writing for this band, the Tins for many years, and then now writing my own music, um, where I found there to be an opportunity is in custom songs, where I say that the individual becomes the muse for the music. So I've been doing this, these song extraction experiences, which is actually what led to the song of your life piece was that I was, I was like listening to an individual and kind of dividing up like basically the sonic component of music. Like what's your earliest music memory? What music inspires you? Blah, blah, blah. And then with the message component, which is like, what's the one lesson, you know, that no one else knows what, like, if there's a song that you could listen to on a desert Island, all the, you know, what, what's the song that would give you energy when every time you listen to it, what's a song that like you want on a boom box behind you when you're walking into a room, you know, playing and like, which is fun. And so I would do my process to absorb the right, the, the right musical uh, pieces uh, a psychic told me that one of my key gifts is uh, decoding the the sonic DNA uh, of an individual and then and then putting it embedding it into into a song uh, so sonic yeah. DNA
1: yeah I've heard that one before that's awesome
0: yeah so so I've done like six songs like you know commissioned to write songs based on this process and I'm still releasing them as Davy Harris, right? Like it's I'm I'm baby, and it's actually pretty epic because I'm like sharing somebody else's story. And when they talk about music, you know, the power of music is like people can remember songs and music better, yep. like people are more effective at remembering melody than they are at remembering like the actual specificity, which is why jingles are so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I did mentor under or mentee under uh, a, a very a prominent jingle writer. I had a phase where I wrote jingles for a little bit. Fun. But yeah, so like someone with Alzheimer's or whatever else, they're like 100 years old, 90 years old, you know, you're like, what's your name? And they're like, Jacob. And you're like, Grandma, let's try again. What's your name? Right. But then, uh, you know, you start to hum this song and then and then this, they'll continue humming the song or singing the song. And so there, there's like a power of if you have a story or message to share, it becomes, it's like super brain mind hacking to turn it into like a memorable song. That's also like a cool song. and um. So that's me sharing some shit that I do.
1: Awesome. That is fantastic. As, as all coming. of those are great. I don't know if they're all going to be in the show notes. So Pete, you might have to listen to this one again to get all of those. Yeah. I mean, Really, I, awesome. I don't,
0: I don't lead with that, you know, but if you wanted me to unravel
1: the tapestry, now we're just. threatening we're unraveling the tapestry. I love it. We're, we're not unraveling it. We are. We um, are inspecting it we're going through it we're understanding it better polishing i love it there you go i love it so how do people get a hold of you we're particularly looking at the renaissance because you're a brilliant writer we want you to be able to help people (laughs) clearly their messages need help they need so much help um whether they're engineers and geeks or they're just really good at what they do and they get absorbed into it and and it's really hard to see our own messaging from inside, even marketers get other people to do their marketing because it's usually easier for them to see what's going on. So, how do they get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, well, the, the easiest way is just going to renaissance messaging.com. And if you don't know how to spell renaissance, that's on you. Uh, get a <laughs> okay. dictionary. Yeah, it will be in the show notes, so you can just click on it and, <laughs> out yeah, to spell renaissance renaissance. Renaissance. and then just go, you know, just go <laughs> contact us, leave, leave a message, and perhaps. You know, share, and this is the gift, right? You gotta have a gift. So if you if you were to ha- have listened to this podcast, then uh, put that in a message, like I've, I've listened here, and and uh, yeah, we'll review it, and then most likely we'll give you a pro bono messaging disruptor session. That is what I call it now, and it'll be either myself or a, a key strategist, but it could be me, and, mm-hmm. and basically just breaking through your brand to get to like, what is the, what is the lowest hanging fruit that you have just not even seen? Like maybe you smell it, maybe you go near it, you smell the fruit, you know, this smells tasty, but you just can't see it. So Mm. our job would be within that session to find the, the, this, this, this positioning piece that can Mm. literally change your brand and change your conversion rates and change even how people receive who you are. Uh, So yeah, so that would, that would be my recommendation. Um, Or, you know, I mean, if you, if you send me a message, maybe I'll respond at david at renaissance
1: messaging.com. Um, yeah, those are some ways. That sounds awesome. Thank you so much for your time, David. I know how valuable it is. I appreciate it. And this has been super fun. Any last words for our peeps? I think
0: if you at all feel empowered in, uh, in the thought of like you're kind of putting together a tapestry, as you're moving forwards and that you don't need to see the destination super clearly uh, that you you can still trust that things are going in that way. Then all I would say is like, you know, be reflective of if that actually resonates with you, uh, you know, really be reflective of that. And, and perhaps there's a belief or two that you could shed in order for the tapestry to blossom and bloom to where it really can go.
1: I love that. Thank you. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being with us here today. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so that we can help you scale your business. We love having you here. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.